What goes into developing a thriving city? How do we solve the challenges of urban decline? From the Chicago Policy Review and the University of Chicago, this is Chicago Policy Radio. I'm your host, Julie Cooper. Today we have the distinct privilege of welcoming former Chicago Mayor Richard M. Daley to Chicago Policy Radio. Since his 22-year tenure as Chicago's mayor ended in 2011, Mayor Daley has been keeping busy with numerous projects, including a partnership between him, the University of Chicago, and the city government of Gary, Indiana. Gary, once a thriving steel city only 20 miles from Chicago, has faced steady economic and infrastructural deterioration over the past 40 years. Today, the city struggles with numerous issues, including urban blight, above average unemployment, and a city budget on the verge of bankruptcy. In early 2012, Gary's newly elected mayor, Karen Freeman Wilson, approached Mayor Daley to seek advice and share ideas on city development. Their conversation grew into a collaboration where graduate students lend the city of Gary their ideas, support, and manpower. Today, Mayor Daley will share his perspective on development efforts in Gary and the relationship between Gary and Chicago. Thank you for being with us oh, today, thank Mayor Daley. Oh. As I mentioned, Gary is just 20 miles away from Chicago, and the cities are connected by a major highway and the metro commuter rail system. Considering this physical proximity, what would be the impact of a more vibrant Gary on Chicago and the Chicagoland region? Right, I like to get a little history about that. You know, historically it was such a huge uh, industrial town and a lot of people from Chicago worked there and vice versa. A lot of people from Gary did work in Chicago because of the South Shore Metro and all that. So we always had a close tie historically, Chicago and Gary. And, uh, uh, and also a side note, uh, my grandfather's a sheet metal worker and every time we had a home up in Michigan and every time we drove through Gary years ago we would stop and he would mention that he worked on he worked uh, at the Gary City Hall and he, he built the when they built it <laughs> there's a lot of history as a sheet metal worker he's very proud of his work and so when you think about the closeness and, and historical aspect of it and what I looked at is the uh, why is it that you know, a, a city like that at one time had a huge amount of people that declined up because of the steel and manufacturing. And it's been kind of forgotten for about 50 years. And so there's 80,000 people and families and all that. And once Karen Wilson Freeman got elected, I said, I, I would like to do something, not just collaborate, but do something more because of the issue close to bankruptcy and what's the future of a city like that. But it's not just Gary, but there are many, many other cities in America just like that. And I've always thought that uh, uh, we should not forget it, the people in a, a city like that because of who they are or what they are, and it's very poor. So why can't we do something, uh, all of us together, and help not only that city but other cities? What are some of the lessons you learned as Chicago's mayor that you've been able to apply in your approach to Gary? And are there any issues in Gary that are very different from what you've dealt with well, in Chicago? 
all the cities are the same. You take education, okay, you take the environmental problems that they had historically because the air pollution and the water and land, uh, loss of industry, uh, an aging population or young, young kids, uh, they have a crime problem. Uh, they have a perception problem and, and all the problems are the same and then what you have to look at is how we deal with them and for 80,000 people it's completely different with larger cities it's not as complex but it's the same problem and so that's one thing you have to structure then you take the good things they have and you, you set them here uh, and then you take the real problems and you, and you know all the common problems and how we focus on that and how we basically deal with Small things are effective when you change them, and that's what people have to see. Um, I guess kind of going a little bit more into what you, what you just said, you know, since Gary's facing so many issues, and they're, like you said, they're macro and they're micro level, how, how are you prioritizing these issues in order to make, um, obtain the best outcome for this city? Yeah, the first thing you do is if you drive through, you go through, is there are two things outstanding. First of all, uh, the, it has to, the city has to be clean. And that doesn't mean someone else cleans it. Y you start a program whereby you employ the homeless, the ex-offenders. Uh, people who never had a job to start cleaning the city from one end to the other and landscaping it. All the things that can go in to make the, the feeling that when you're running, things are changing. And secondly, they have so many, about 20,000 abandoned buildings, I believe, oh, going back 20, 30, 40 years. And so we're looking at a program there where we would hire ex-offenders or people who've never worked before, train them with a not-for-profit and recycle everything the building has, all the wood, all the glass, all the brick, anything we recycle. And, and that helps you training people, you're getting them a work record, and they're showing in, in this idea, they show up to work and everything. We did that in, in Chicago for years. It worked out tremendously. You're changing people's lives. So those two things, when you look at it, and then everything else will fall, but those are the two biggest things uh, concerning the city right now. Um, you sound very enthusiastic about this um, yeah. ex-offenders program. I wonder right. if you could talk a little bit more about that and also about any other projects that are going on that you feel particularly optimistic and enthusiastic well, I, about. Well, I think one of the underlying problems in the African-American community is the, the amount of young people going to jail, uh, young men. I mean, let's be historic. If you look at o over the years, both in federal and state prisons, the percentages are going up. And 99% of them are going to come out. So that's what we have to figure out. Mm -hmm. And I have a theory that they should all get a high school education and they should get, and they all should be working in prison. That's, and also we have, you have organic farming and all that because they're all in rural areas. You can do so much. In other words, they'll be productive when they come out. And that's what we have to look at. But in the meantime, when they're coming out, how do we get them to work? And one thing, our city program is very successful because they can work during the summer, but what happens from November December, January, February, and part of March. Those are always the months. If you look at violation of paroles and all that, you know, they get into petty things and something happens, they go back to prison. And so what I said is you have to, you have to hire them all year round. And there's things to do. And Gary, the whole idea, I think there's a lot of opportunities there in that aspect and then if you get them into all the landscaping and there's a lot of you know like abandoned buildings and things like that good ones 
you could, you could do a lot with them. You, 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 there's a lot of opportunities because they have two highway systems, a toll road, uh, interstate. Uh, they have public transportation. They have an airport, and they got the lake. So you can look at, there's so many things that you can look at. And, of course, they got a, a lot of old buildings. And when you think how Bilbao was started just by museums, a failing industrial city in Spain, no one, no one really saw anything until they came along and someone saw this, that we could change the whole image of this city. Besides that, it became a huge tourist attraction. People wanted to visit. So you have to think outside the box when you look at the Gary. Gary's so close to the city. It's on the northern part. It's right along the lake. They got a lot of amenities. Now, how do we correct that? And Miller Beach is a great area. And so how do you correct everything in between? Um, I know another initiative that's being worked on by students right now is um, trying to build up the sort of economic community, the business community yes. rather, in Gary. And can you talk a little bit more about your outlook for that? Well, they have a lot of trucking companies, a lot of manufacturing, they have a lot of terminals, these uh, uh, truck terminals. They're some of the biggest in the nation are along there because of the interstate. People don't realize that. Mm -hmm. I think they have two or three of them. These are large businesses. So how does it, the business there, how does it help Gary? Okay, that's what, that's what we're working on. Uh, and then the other businesses, how can we connect the people and training them to be able to get a job? And all of it's training, and all of it has to be training their people, especially young people and people who haven't had jobs to train them. And so you're looking at the Hatcher Center downtown, and maybe you use that for training in technology. Uh, other types of training you need in, and consolidate all the training into one facility. You know, I think that's the best thing for people who are unemployed or, or who, 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 people who come out and want to get a job. How do they do it? Mm -hmm. So the best thing is to put everything, it's a convention center, it's not being used. And we're looking maybe at something like that, have a one training complex right there for everything. And it doesn't matter you're an ex-offender, you've been unemployed, it doesn't matter you just graduated from high school or you're, you're looking for a part-time job. Everything is there in one setting, one-stop shop, they call it. Again, I think, you know, there's excitement because what I did is meeting the students at the School of Public Policy, Harris School of Public Policy, and see the ability they had and the vision they had, and also thinking outside the box that I just thought a great asset would be some way to give them opportunities to work with a, a, a issue like that because if you look at Gary, they're all over the country. And so it's very large, medium, small. And so remember, Gary's is small. They don't have the home rule unit that, you know, the city has the independence. And so what we have done now with the students is uh, they're working on certain projects. And we're going to get support from Indiana and people here. Uh, because if we don't, it's part of the whole region. When you look at a region, it's not just Chicago. It's up to Milwaukee, Peoria, all, you know all of Illinois and parts of Indiana as well. It's a big region. We all have to work together. And yesterday, uh, we went to Washington, D.C., and we met with Valerie Jarrett. You know, Valerie was here at the university for years, a chairman of the board and all that. And uh, we talked about the, uh, the problems of Gary, which the mayor did, and we talked about some assistance by the federal government. Not much, but they... Uh, you have to put some skin in the game. Uh, in the non-for-profit, in uh, uh, the businesses want to see whether or not is the federal government committed about helping the people. No promises. Uh, we said we, the quicker we do this, and not a lot of money we're talking about. I mean, 
hundreds of millions of dollars. Let's just start out with five or ten or million. That's enough. And then they can place it in the priority of abandoned buildings and jobs. They can place it in putting people to work and, and landscaping and things like that. Then working on other issues with businesses and economic development. I know that you have a, a very good relationship with Mayor Freeman Wilson and that she's been very enthusiastic about this partnership and the projects. I'm curious what has been the reaction, if any, of some of the local Gary residents that you've interacted with. Right. We, we, I've been out there and also many of the students have been out there. They're excited that you know, people are concerned about them. You, know, you have to listen to them. We're not there with all the answers. Mm -hmm. that's, that's very important. Uh, we're not interlopers to come in and just move out, but our students have gone to many of the meetings, uh, public discussion and all that, listen to the people. Uh, I think they're excited because someone's finally recognizing them. They've just been lingering there and no one has said, well, we're here to help you. And that's why we, the federal government, uh, the governor, Pence, uh, was recently up in Gary, gave a speech. You know, he may be, he's a Republican, so what? But he realized the importance of Northern Indiana and rebuilding Northern Indiana. And that's good for us, you know, so that we hope we have a good working relationship uh, with them. Uh, and, and I think that's going to help. That's a nice feeling. Uh, and so from my viewpoint, uh, I think people want to help in the long run. I don't think they want anybody to linger in poverty from one generation to another. That is not what we thought America is about. So just, I guess, kind of to wrap up, what is your outlook for Gary in the short and long term, and how will you and Mayor Freeman Wilson measure the success of this partnership? Well, I think what we're going to try to do is have someone look at it from the outside, because like anything else, internally it's hard, and so it's always good to, we're trying to figure out how someone can review what we're doing at all times and do a documentary on it. I think it's very important. And I think there are going to be small success stories and you slowly build up because if you promise too much and nothing is done people want to see things you know things done very small but they don't need they don't expect everything to be turned overnight but they want to see like just taking this one building down doing if we start the program this this spring with all the ex-offenders and people who have not worked I think that we have a lot of new life you know people going to work training, doing things in the neighborhood, cleaning up, helping people, I think that will make a total difference. I think uh, of their belief that there are better days in the future. Well, Mayor Daly, thank you, know. you so much and uh, for being on the program. And oh, thank you, We Julie. hope a lot of luck with this project. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. And the students have, uh, we'll make, today, uh, we'll hear a presentation from the, some of the students and, and uh, uh, I'm telling you, I, I, they can make a presentation any place, any business or any government. Uh, the thorough research and the data they bring forward and thinking outside the box and enthusiasm about doing it. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Julie. Thank you for listening to Chicago Policy Radio, a production of the Chicago Policy Review and the Harris School of Public Policy at the University of Chicago. Our podcast was produced and edited by Julie Cooper. Special thanks this week to Carol Brown and Marnie Vandervoort. Our theme song was composed and performed by Ryan Gee. You can find us at www.chicagopolicyreview.org and on iTunes. Thanks for listening and join us next time.